Hey everyone, this is Josh back with Cardboard Chronicles, and today I'm speaking with John, Spur Fanatic on Instagram. John, how's it going, man? Hey, what's going on? So, uh, John has a killer Spurs 90s collection, so we're going to get into some of that stuff, and we're going to talk about all kinds of fun stuff today. Um, a lot of 90s stuff, a lot of uh, um, card friendships, actually, we'll get into that, cards and relation to your family life, a lot of interesting topics. So, John, why don't you start us off, tell us about yourself and your background in the hobby, what got you started. And I think we're actually going to have like like some type of reveal or something, right? Like a gender reveal, but not really, like something's in that same vein. Maybe. All right, all right, cool. Uh, yeah, so my name's John. Um, I love cardboard. I think most people watching this probably love cardboard too. I like shiny cardboard in particular. It's great. Maybe there's a little autograph on it, some some fabric. All these things, they, they get me excited. I don't know why, but it does. Um, so, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big Spurs collector. Been collecting uh, off and on for, gosh, over 20 years now. Makes me feel old. Um, you'll, we'll probably get into, like, the history of what kind of got me in and the different periods. But, like most people, it's pretty similar. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm a guy that works in technology. It affords me you know, the opportunity to have the income to afford some of these little side projects and cards is probably the one where I spend the majority of my, uh, of my free time. And a lot of that's the cardboard takes up a few minutes when you find your auction and then you watch it throughout the week and then you get excited when you do the bidding at the end and then the mail day is always great, but it's all the, the communication with all your buddies and yep. the build up and the drama that, that makes this fun. I mean, that's really what we're all addicted to if we're, if we're being honest. Yeah, Totally. So why don't you tell us about your history in collecting and sort of like your, you know, timing in the hobby, your ins and outs, all that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, most of the guys you've interviewed, I'm good buddies with quite a few of those guys. We all have the same story. Um, it's almost like we're, we're like a recording of each other. So uh, I was born in the early 80s. I can remember opening my first pack from KB Toy Store and when I was a little kid. I pulled the the only spur card in the pack was a Rod Strickland back when he played. So he was like my favorite player. I grew up, I had season tickets most of my life. Me and my dad went to like almost every home game from the Hemisphere Arena to the Alamo Dome. And then um, that was pretty much it. Then I went to college. But um, yeah, so I grew up just collected all the 90s junk. Uh, still love that stuff. When I see those cards, it, it always brings back memories. And then um, in the late 90s, started going to kind of card shows with one of my best friends and um, was picking up all sorts of just random crap. Like, whatever I thought looked cool that I could afford, I'd buy it. And then um, there's a store in San Antonio called Sports Cards Plus. This guy named Charlie's been running that thing for, you know, 25 years. Uh, it actually won some award from Panini as best card store in the, uh, I think, in the country. He had some weird thing that he won. Wow. But the, the, the prize was they redid his store. <laughs> yeah. And so he's got, like, new floors, like a bunch nice. of new display cases, and uh, it's a heck of a card store. Charlie's a great guy. There's probably a lot of people watching this that have made their way down there. I've met plenty of people that have interacted with Charlie over the years, and uh, everybody's got good things to say. He's a great dude. But uh, yeah, so Charlie put up with me. I used to stare through the glass, <laughs> and a lot of the cards, maybe a few that I'll show off today, were cards that I actually remember looking at in his cases as a kid. Charlie actually had a PMG green. There's a long story behind that, but he sold it for uh, you know like a couple grand way back in the, the late 90s. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what did it, man, is I saw all these cards in the case. I couldn't afford them. I got to college. I'd buy cards you know, with book money, and um, you know nothing too crazy. But 
bought some things through the years. I think I've got one out here that I'll show you that I bought, I think, late college. And then, um, you know, in and out a little bit, early early career. And then a, a couple of years ago, I actually picked up uh, this card right here, this this uh, Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan co-signer. And that's the one that kind of got me back into the game. Um, the one that got me in the, in the, in the college days was this, uh, Tim Duncan, oh, David yeah. Robinson dual auto. It's the only one they signed together. Um, so these are the ones that would kind of bring me back in, but this, this one here, this one got me. And what really, what really did it is when I'm spending 3000 $4,000 on a card, it was somewhere in between those numbers. Uh, that's a lot of money. And so during that period, guys, you've interviewed double X, Mike Moeller, uh, Alabama Slamma, 610, whatever you want to, whatever his name is of the day, but Justin, um, obviously Grant, these guys have been, you know, huge in helping me, uh, with my knowledge in, in the game coming back in when you're spending this much money, you really want to make sure you, you spend time understanding, uh, all the nuances that, Hey, if I'm going to put three, four grand into a card, that's not a stupid idea. And you're not, you're not an idiot, which by the way, I've made plenty of mistakes, but that's part of the fun too. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of the card that, that set off this this two year wave where I've uh, you know gotten pretty obsessive and spent you know relatively speaking to, to myself a lot of money and uh, accumulated a great collection that I I cherish and I love and I've met a lot of great people through all that. Awesome man, you you definitely have one of my favorite collections on especially on Instagram. I just I love looking through at your at your Instagram. So why don't you describe what you collect now? Yeah, um, I'm pretty narrow, so I, I prefer. 1997 to, to 2000, 1999, 2000 stuff, um, the, the usual stuff, but it's mainly anything that's rare that's Tim Duncan or David Robinson. I also love anything that's Sean Elliott, Avery, Vinny, any of the Spurs. That stuff's harder to find just because it's not worth as much. I don't yeah. think people actually like pull it out of their boxes and, right. and put it up. So this is, a, this is a, a plug. Anybody out there that's got Spurs <laughs> stuff, I, I want all of it. You know, I love it. I'll cherish it. Uh, let me know if you got it. It's a good Spur home. fanatic. I'm it's all a, over the place. It's a good home. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, that's pretty much it, man. I, I collect a lot of like, uh, patch autos of Duncan from the two thousands. That's kind of like what was my first initial kick was these autographs. Um, I would find these hand numbered Tim Duncan patch autos that were like either to 21 or to 25. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the guys will maybe mention here in a little bit named Kiki. Kiki had this card. Um, this, this one here was on his Instagram. It's a Jersey numbered patch auto, all-star remnants. He had a couple of them. We made a deal, not at last year, but the year before is national. But, uh, I was reading through like Kiki's Instagram and he's got all these crazy stories about like, he likes the, the Jordan rookie. That's like a PSA three. Cause that's actually a pop one. You know, it's the, <laughs> it's the rarest Jordan auto or, or rookie. And, uh, but he's like, I, I like it cause it's, it's beat up. I mean, when I was a kid, I kept this in my pocket. I took it to school. I loved it. And so, uh, reading those stories from guys like Kiki are like what really kind of related to me and the nostalgia of like reconnecting with, um, a lot of this stuff that when we were kids, we really enjoyed. And now we get to, you know, the, those that are, are fortunate in our early thirties that can afford this stuff and, and accumulate our collections. Yeah. I'm, I'm, t- I'm noticing a pattern, um, just in the people that I interview, like the thing that they actually cherish the most is just sort of the, you know, the stories and the relationships and everything. It's not the cardboard's what brings us together, but the actual bringing of us together is what we like the most. Um, yep. So, so you have a bunch of other non-spur stuff looking at your Instagram? Yeah. 
Are those? What's the story on those? Are those trade bait, or is that just something that catches your eye? You find a good deal. What's what's the story on a lot of that stuff? Yeah, I mean, another piece of this whole game for me is, um, you know, I do enterprise sales, so I'm, I work on these really large opportunities with with Fortune 500 to Global 2000 type companies. Those things take like six months to two years to do. Um, I love them. I love the chase. And so cards kind of fill the void in the interim, right, as right. you're kind of going through these long cycles, um, kind of, I don't know, it's quenching in a way. And so I love the 90s stuff. Like, I think we all do. And so when you can find a good deal and you can negotiate and, I mean, that's kind of, that's a big piece of this. And so if you can do that and find some opportunities, I think Grant Slayton's probably the king of this, where he is just an absolute grinder with, uh, you know, he finds... I mean, Grant is personally responsible for a significant portion of my collection and a significant portion of my addiction um, to this whole thing. And uh, yeah, so I mean, I've found quite a few of those. The Kobe's you're referencing actually now belong to Grant. Um, there was a, a gentleman in, I think he was in Australia, that decided to sell one of those. He was having a kid. And um, and there's another one, this guy, uh, this guy out of Houston that was an older gentleman. He was moving. And... Um, he was kind of cleaning his house up, getting ready to show, and he found the box. And it turned out this guy had been like one of the ultimate PNG collectors of all time. This guy had a, a, a giant box. It wasn't a small box. And this guy would walk around with a name, a lanyard with a, like a tag with a, a color copied picture of a PMG 1997-98. You know, the red one. It's right. very, obvi very obvious. Uh, maybe we'll see one later. But – um, yeah, so that way people knew him around all these card shows as the PMG guy. Right. And so that Kobe that I bought from him, his wife actually kind of talked shit to him and was like, Hey man, like you're spending way too much money on this, blah, blah, blah. Like, I mean, he told me how he got tons of grief for it. So I think he paid like 300 bucks for this card. <laughs> and, uh, and so I obviously paid a lot more than that. And I made sure to tell him and I said, I'd love to tell your wife if she'd like to talk to me that. Of all the financial decisions you've made in your career, that was the best one you ever made. Right. So you should uh, remind your wife of that, that uh, all that grief you took was, was uh, you know, in the future when you're making decisions like going to the uh, Astros games. Because right. he used all the money that I gave him to go see the World Series and uh, got to have some great experiences as a byproduct of selling off the collection that he loved building, you know, 15, 20 years earlier. Well, he picked the most popular set probably. I mean, that's the one that we're all chasing, right? Yep, yep, yep. I got a... Uh, Gosh, what else did I get from that guy? I think I got a, a David Robinson red. Um, I know Grant ended up getting a bunch of stuff from him too. Uh, I got a, a, a 98.99 Tim Duncan PNG. Like, you know, there's a bunch of stuff that I picked up off of him. Paid him all fair prices on the stuff. And I think he used every single dollar to buy like high-end tickets to the World Series. Wow. It was like the same time as the, uh, as the Houston Astros were doing their thing last year. Well, it's a good thing they won then. He got his money's worth. Yeah, yeah, I think he had a great time. And he actually moved out of Houston now. So I think he kind of, that was like, you got to think about that. If you're a Houston guy for 30 years, you get to experience the World Series. Right. Your little fun hobby from 20 years later funds it. And then from there, you just, you know, sail off into the sunset. So yeah. pretty cool for him. So we before we came on, we were talking about the addiction side of it. And you've already said the word addiction like five times. So what is mm -hmm. what does the addiction mean to you for the hobby? And is it a, is it necessarily a bad word for in this case? Um, I mean, anything, if you get too obsessive, it can be negative. I mean, a lot of what we do 
it's the the fear of missing out. Like, you know, these auctions are going, there's people in Australia, uh, our homeboy Jay over there, the David Robinson guy, I feel like he's like created some like API that's able to like automatically buy every single David Robinson card at twice the value, um, you know, instantaneously, but you know, addiction in and of itself, man, I mean, I, I feel like it's healthy. I feel like I at least justify it that we're buying stuff that there's natural supply demand for, and that's not going any anywhere anytime soon. And so, um, it's just a fun way to spend time. And, um, it's, it's a, you know, it's as safe as anywhere to put money if, if safe's a word in that game, but I, I enjoy it, man. I, I, uh, I probably am addicted. I think about this more than anything besides my family and my work. So, yep. I'm right there with you, man. Yeah. I think about it in weird places too. Do you notice that you're like, you're just at random places, you know, around your day and you're like, why am I thinking about cards right now? Whatever. Yeah. A hundred percent. Especially those big ones that you've been waiting right. for, like, like rubies and PMG reds and stuff like that. Or you're waiting for a guy to, to text back, you know, like you made an offer and you're waiting for the text back and you, yeah. someone else texts you and you're like, whatever, I don't want to hear about this. I know that's the worst is when you're like, you know, your wife comes up and she's asking <laughs> you a bunch of like questions that actually matter. And you're completely in like just stuck on whatever it is that you're doing hobby wise. And right. at this point she knows what I'm doing. She knows it's not work. She knows that I get more serious about this than I do about my actual job. So <laughs> yeah. She's like, did you hear what I said? Or are you daydreaming about cards? It's like, yeah, uh, that's a fair question. Um, Day daydreaming for sure. So how much of your, you don't have to get into like super detail here, but how much of your portfolio would you say you actually have in cards? Like financially? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's less than 10%, but, um, it's not, it might be around there now. I mean, the stuff's appreciated, but, um, I don't know. I mean, I haven't really, I haven't actually done a good job of going back and like building a spreadsheet and saying, what is this actually worth today? I mean, I took a kind of a, a pretty large insurance policy out on it, but, um, you know, that may not even be enough now because that was over a year ago. I don't know. Um, it's not that big of a percentage. I mean, I think my goal always was like, hey, I want to build up a pretty significant collection. I think if I've got 10% of my stuff in like hobby-based activities, that's probably not that big of a deal. Yeah. Uh, I, I view this because of the supply demand on the on this this range that I focus on as a safer bet than a lot of other niches financially over a 30 or 40 year period. So. Um, you know, I don't have a problem putting decent chunks of my, my money into it. Something I was thinking about yesterday, if like I were to come across a giant collection and buy out like at some 90s penny collection or something, and I just like finished my PC, would I actually stop? What do you, no. what do you think about that? No, you wouldn't, man. Uh, I mean, look at a guy like Grant. Um, Grant's the perfect example of um, where he's found like a million different ways to quench his thirst. Um you know, Moeller has gone like in a different direction where he's, you know, he's got, I think, almost every single Grant Hill from the 90s. He's got about three or four missing links, but we've, uh, we, have a, we have a sad story on one of those. But, um, you know, he's just gone deep. I mean, 5,500 cards, I think, is what he described the other day. That's absolutely insane. Um, and you know what's crazy is that dude, can, he's like the uh, hobby encyclopedia. Um <laughs> I talk to him like I'm sure you do too, like almost every single day. And like anytime I have any question about like some fine grain detail, I know Mike has the answer to it. Right. And I and I and when we're on Instagram, if people ask me a question on one of my cards, 
I mean, I'm not trying to like blow it off to Mike. Usually I don't know the answer. And then, but it's also an opportunity for him to show off. And it's like, why don't we ask the expert? Let's bring Mueller in here and he'll know some random card from the nineties, the odds and, He'll, he'll have some recall from some show he, he was at eight years ago where he <laughs> you know pulled some some version of it. He has like awesome memory. It's incredible. So he's able to keep things interesting that way by going after sort of the oddball. Yeah, the oddball. And Grant's like you said, Grant's was he finished? You know, he got the Kobe stuff he wanted. And then he sort of just like let's get all other high end players right and just keep going. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Grant. Like, I mean, Grant. I think is the. I don't think there's anyone that grinds harder than Grant. So what would like, you what would you do then if you if you got to a point where you were satisfied with your Spurs collection? Yeah, I mean I'm I'm kind of to the point where I, you know Grant was mentioning when you get to a certain stage on his podcast that there isn't enough to quench the thirst even if you even if it isn't complete and so you have to find other things. And so for me what I have been like kind of thinking about might be the next thing is 0304 exquisite. Um start with the Spurs. There's some Ginobili, Parker, and, and Robinson. All those things are fun. I think that's a, a year that's got good lasting value financially. I think everyone agrees with that. Um, you know, I really like that. I've, I've also looked into like some DeJounte Murray stuff, but I got extremely burned. I, I bought, I've got uh, two of his, his Emerald, number to five, National Treasures. I think I've got a 10, a 25, a 49, and a couple of 99s. No, 199. Um all waiting on redemption. I've been waiting for well over a year now. And um, there's a guy I know in San Antonio that's basically indicated that um, he's basically indicated that he's not going to sign those. So I, I don't know what to do. Panini's really difficult. Like, you know, they, they'll respond to my emails, but they don't provide any actual information. And, right. you know, I'm in the, you know, I just, I, I personally don't find that acceptable, but there's not really anything I can do. So I, I'm not, I'm not the type of guy that's going to cause a big stink. I'll continue to ask people and try to find alternative methods. But uh, in terms of where I'm going to focus, man, it's, it's going to be on the older stuff just because uh, I'm just, I'm not a big fan of Panini probably, but 0304 exquisite is probably the next frontier for me, at least at this point. That's what so, I think it'll be. Like, what about the LeBron? I mean, obviously that's like this giant hanging monster of a card. Yeah. Um, I'm going to leave the LeBron to you, man. Um, are you kidding yeah i'll just sell everything i own and <laughs> i'm not a, i've never been a lebron guy I, I respect him he's a he's a good family man uh, he does a lot of really good things to the community i i really wanted him to come to san antonio last off season i was yeah. definitely like you know dumb enough to think that we had a shot you know that obviously wasn't the case uh as a san antonio spur fan but um you know i, I respect everything about the guy i'm just not a huge fan of his uh in terms of the hobby um you know, Jordan stuff might be cool. I mean, obviously, growing up, Kobe and, and Timmy always had a rival. I love Dirk. Uh, Dirk and the, and the rivalry back in the day, I remember all that stuff. So I, I could easily see trying to, to to bring some cards in there. At one point, I owned his uh, brilliant 24-karat gold rookie. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of different angles. I mean, there's no shortage of cool stuff to go out there and, and spend your money on, that's for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um. So we've been referencing it a lot. We were talking about it, and we talk, you know, probably every day on Instagram. Um, what is what is what do card friendships mean to you? Like the people you've met, how often you talk to everybody, how much time you're spending, you know, communicating versus the actual like cards themselves. What does all that mean to you? 
yeah, I mean, it's you probably wake up and you might you. I mean, you know how this works. Like uh, like Justin and I today, I think he's in Houston doing some uh, you know some fun stuff with his buddy, and we spent a good hour you know going back and forth on like you know old auctions that ex- that had expired you know a long time ago, whether that's like jerseys to uh, cards and all sorts of walks. I mean, I'm, I like Patrick Mahomes. I went to Texas Tech, so uh, you might see some tech gear up here in the background, but. Um, you know, we were chit-chatting about that. In fact, this card here, Justin hooked me up with. This is what got our friendship going. This is the Century Marks, Timmy Duncan, uh, you know, like every single Justin card, Super Bowl Auto. That's right. like his, num- his number one requirement. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of just randomly reached out to him. We worked a deal out for that. Didn't really know each other at all. Um, at the time, I felt like I overpaid, but I didn't care. And um, turned out I was wrong. But... We ended up, it was probably a fair deal at the time, but, um, yeah, I mean, we've just like you and I, man, I've been, he's like a close friend of mine now. I mean, we talk all the time and, um, he's one example, man, after yourself, Mike Moeller, we talk all the time. Grant, uh, obviously is someone that I think a lot of us communicate with all the time and, um, and it really enjoy it. That's, that's really, I think what keeps me in. I think I get pretty bored with it if it wasn't for the human relationship component. Sure. Um, over time. In fact, Grant, this, this is the best card Grant ever helped me get. So he's got a good buddy that uh, is kind of like a silent, a silent card guy. And Grant had told me like time and time again, like, dude, stop messing around. Get the card. <laughs> and I, I was still kind of a naive guy back into the hobby. This is a, you know, the EC 9099 number to seven, 9.5. And um, I was a naive guy, man. I passed up on a, the EC Futures, which is like my dream card when it was on eBay. Right when I came in, I passed up on a, a PMG Green for way less than I would pay. This was only a couple years ago. You know, things have obviously gone insane. But, um, you know, getting that advice and, uh, is what actually ended up – me ended up getting this card. Like Grant kept on and like, dude, you, look, like you're going to regret it. And I think I tell you the same stuff. I was yeah. actually talking to Grant about this earlier. I was like, dude, I think uh, at this stage, Josh is like his palette is still like changing. And as he fulfills a lot of these gaps, you know, maybe eventually he might get like a PMG red and he might get like a 97, 98 rubies. And then he's going to want some other stuff. And how's he going to fill those voids? And so you're going to venture out into these other niches of the 90s. And then um, some of these that will pass you by, I I, I can tell you from personal experience, you're going to regret. But that's also what makes the hunt that much tastier whenever you whenever you do ultimately land kind of the next generation of your wants and desires well i mean i know which card you're talking about but grant's holding on to it it's fine <laughs> it's true that is going nowhere for a while but um yeah we'll see he'll end up like trading that up for like a, a an mj green or something knowing grant yeah yeah some of the cards like i, I know what you're referencing like when i first got in it was like I'm never going to own a PMG green. And now I'm like frantically searching to find one, you know, to find one. And then five years from now, I'm going to be looking for who knows what, right. Yeah. Just sort of, but you kind of have to, you kind of have to start a little low. I feel like even if yeah. like, that's just kind of the way it works. Very natural, man. Very yeah. natural. I mean, the idea of spending, I think that EC sold EC six sold for a uh, essential credentials sold for, I think it was 12,000 bucks, if I'm not mistaken. It was somewhere in there. Maybe it was 13, but it was right there. And to me, dude, I thought that was crazy. Right. I got offered a, you know, a Timmy Green for like 20 or 22 or in that range. I mean, I, I scoffed. 
I remember seeing a, a red hit eBay. It was an 8.5 that had a serial number. One sold for like seven without one. It was like 4,500 bucks. I remember sitting there, you know, pouring a glass of milk being like, no way. And you see all these things and it's, it's a very short period of time. We're talking 12, 18 months max. And now you're like, dude, that's a no brainer. That, that quite, that scares me a little bit. I mean, I know that there's some, some pretty simple supply demand stuff going on here. This stuff's hard to find and get, but the fact it's risen so much so fast, you know, it's hard to get a pulse on it. There's probably going to be some type of correction, but you know, when you look at this over 20 or 30 years, um, I think Grant and you talked about this some, and Grant and I, and I, I always talk to folks about this. We're kind of the ones that are, you know, we have the some some financial liquidity combined with this burning desire to like get in, you know, enjoy these things that are nostalgic for us. And but there's going to be a continued like people are going to continue to flow into this bucket, right? And um, we're probably going to see the peak of this bucket in fifteen to twenty five years. If the economy like doesn't go completely to shit, which it won't. I mean, if, you know, everyone always feels like the panic's going to happen. I mean, we'll go through ebb and flows like always, but we're going to enter this period just like these baseball guys of experience, you know, the old school baseball guys. So the stuff's, they're not making more of it. It's stupid hard to get as is. Um, so I guess my mindset now is like this, especially for my, my personal collection of stuff that I love and it's, you always want to make sure you're making sound good business decisions. I mean, that's just how my DNA works. But um, and maybe I, you know, group think myself into some of this. But uh, you know, if I have to overpay to get some of my dream cards, I have no issue doing it because I know over time the value will will, will match what I paid. And uh, either way, I really don't give a shit. So I want I want the cards. <laughs> I think what's going to be interesting is if the you know the economy does dip and cards start to dip, like. I'm I'm interested to see who the real collectors are and who's going to stick around and who's going to panic and sell because they're worried about the money side of it, right? Like we're going to see that as an opportunity to just get more of a, the cards we want for cheaper, right? We're just yep. going to stick around. Yeah. yeah, I think Neaton talked about that some. He, I think his his sense on things is um, that there's a lot of people that have um, kind of overextended themselves, and so when we do if we do hit some type of recession, which is I mean we're already we're already past. I think we're already in the second longest bull run of all time. We're about to uh, eclipse the longest. So we're, um, you know, we're, it's overdue with all the, the quantitative easing that's occurred. I mean, we'll, uh, we don't know what this is going to look like. I mean, it could be really bad, but you know, even so, I mean, I can remember 2008, it was bad, but, um, you know, we're all still here. We're all still doing fine. I mean, we live in the greatest time in the history of time, regardless of what the news says. So, right. Yeah. Well, we'll just get cheaper cards. That's we just got to look at the positive. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Someone's going to want to unload their PMG Green Penny for $2,000 or whatever. You you might see it on eBay. You never know. That's why you got to get a build a bot or some type of API call that can <laughs> give you all this information on demand. It just texts me the second anything happens if there's a chat or anything. Yeah. Um <clears throat> so how do you balance your family life with cards? I know I struggle uh, with this sometimes and I'm interested to see what you have to say. Yeah, I think we have kids the same age, roughly. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I have a job that I'm, I'm, I travel a ton. I mean, I'm I've had years where I've traveled close to 300 days. Uh, that was before I had kids, but um, now I do travel still three days a week on average, and um, so it's hard, man. It's really hard. Um, 
you know, there's the balance of like family, hobby, work, and trying to, you know, keep yourself together. Um, it's just a balance, dude. You just got to deal with it. I think, uh, I think my wife understands how much I enjoy this stuff. And, um, it's kind of like therapy for work. Yeah. And, um, but at the same time, I mean, my number one priority is, you know, hanging out with my kiddo. I mean, my, I'm, uh, why we have the opportunity to do this. My wife's in Houston visiting her friends. She had like something going on with one of her friends today. And, uh, so I got to like hang out with the kid all day. And then we got to do this tonight when he went to bed and, uh, you know, I had a wonderful day with the little boy and, you know, half the day I sat around, you know, bullshitting with you and some of the other guys, but you know, that's, that's the balance we're talking about, right? Yeah, sure, man. I, I hear you. It sounds same, same for me. So, um, one of the things I wanted to do about this and you, you didn't really ask me, but I'm going to, I'm going to do it anyways. I want to give you a little plug to be able to ask about, or I want you to tell me about your dream cards. Yeah. And it's also a plug to the masses to help you find them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, what are you so looking I'm, for? What's left? So I'm your classic guy that, you know, had the opportunity and passed it up. You know, at least it wasn't like in my love life. It's only, it's only cardboard. <laughs> um, so like, you know, I'm a Spurs fan. I've got, you know, most of these PMG greens over here. I've got the, 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 the Robinson, the Elliot, the, uh, the Vinny, but I don't have the Timmy and I don't have the Avery Johnson. Um, and so I also don't have the Timmy Red. I had a Timmy Red. Uh, ended up selling that one to Vito a long time ago. Another good guy. But um, I would love what I'm missing is the, the Central Credential Futures number to number to six. Just that one. That's not that. Yeah, one. yeah. Not, it's pretty hard. It's pretty easy to find. I just keep <laughs> passing on it. And then the the Timmy Duncan Green. Those are my two biggest. But um, you know, yeah. quite frankly, I'm just after anything rare Spurs, and uh, you know, obviously pay what it takes to get deals done. So. That's my plug. I would love to hopefully surface something out of this. And I, I would assume that doing a deal with you would be extremely easy. Like, I know it is for me. Like, if anyone wants to sell something to me, it's super quick. Like, yeah, here's the market. I'm gonna pay over that, and let's get it done. Yep, pretty much. Um, okay, so you sort of teased it at the beginning. So why don't you just go ahead and I'll let you just start. Oh, actually. Yeah. Did this happen? Like, why why are we talking tonight? I don't, is it just sort of random, or what's going on? There's a bit of randomness to it, but not really. Um, yeah. All right, so so you've been on the hunt for a couple of big pennies for a while now, right? A couple, so, yeah. Yeah, and so one in particular was up on eBay, um, gosh, three weeks ago, I guess. No. Four well, weeks ago. Well, like five. Five dude. weeks. Five weeks ago. I don't, it's hard to keep track of time. It's been a while. I forgot about the long shipping part of that. Yep. Um, and so so uh, for all the folks out there, like you would do with any high-end 90s card, especially with all the stuff with the fakes, you, you're like, hey, man, can you give me some details on this card? So yep. you would message the seller, and you would said, you know, whatever you said, hey, can you give me some more information to make me feel comfortable bidding on this card? Right. All normal stuff. The guy blocks you. You didn't know he blocked you. Right. So there was two pennies that were up for auction that night. There were three. The first one. You, the 99-2000. Yeah. That's right. So there was one. I don't remember which one it was, but there was one that was ending that was kind of like a tier two card for you. I mean, it was probably a tier one, but not, a, not compared to the card you ultimately wanted. And so you went to bid on it, and the son of a bitch blocked it. <laughs> Thank was, God. It was, the 90, it? it was the 90 fine. 
Yeah, the 90 fine, which is a great card, very underrated card. Um, especially Penny. I think Penny's great in that, in that set. So then we, we started talking, and I said, dude, let me bid on the rubies for you. I'll, I'll buy it. I'll get it. I'll make sure it's legit, and then I'll send it to you. Cool. So we did it, ordered it. Next thing you know, the guy, like, sends it, um, you know, probably the normal way, but it took a long time. I don't know if this is something going on with, like, the trade war that's happening with, with you know, China, but it took, like, three weeks for it to get to the United States. The day of delivery, we're super juiced. It's coming <laughs> to my house, and um, and then all of a sudden it shows, uh, uh, like, delivered to agent. And then it's signed for signed for but it says delivered to agent it's not in my mailbox and we're like what the hell is an agent <laughs> so we start googling it and it's like well an agent is like when you drop a package off if a, if a postman drops a package off to um a university or a business in like a mail room i i live in a neighborhood i don't it's you know not a mail room and so we start kind of freaking out we also notice the timestamp is like nine something in the morning when my mailman never comes before one to 1:30 in the afternoon so um, you know we start calling the post office we start making the rounds we ultimately end up opening an investigation right so I think at that point you and I I had like I was like 10 percent chance I was like this thing ain't happening there's no way you're gonna get your card <laughs> and then I'm sitting here as the middleman trying to be a good guy and no good deed goes unpunished and so I'm like, shit, like, how is this? You know, this is going to be a lot of like hassle. Like we got to figure this out. So, um, through all that, uh, this homeboy right here, yep. Eric, um, Eric has a contact that he helped us like, and then I, that led to like someone that I knew and long story short, we ended up finding this guy in San Antonio that was, a you know, a pit bull and thank God we really didn't need this guy. Like as much as we thought we might, um, but this guy was like all over. We get him on the phone. He, he gives me a cell phone. Him and I start texting. I, we talk at like 7 at night, which is kind of weird for someone that works for the Postal Service. You would think they'd clock in, clock out. And, um, and he's like, I love sports cards. I used to collect. And uh, this is going to be my most fun. He was like, I'm excited about this one. Right. He's like, sorry that you're probably going to lose your card here, but I'm excited. And I was like, hey, dude, <laughs> as long as you go all out, I don't care how – like, So did he know that it wasn't yours? No, I never mentioned that to him. Yeah. Yeah, I figured I just wanted to keep it simple. Right. And so um, so all of a sudden, like, you know, we had talked to him. We started feeling pretty good. Like, all right, we're going to have our best chance to recover this thing. Um, next thing you know, I'm kind of sitting around my house thinking, and my parents travel a ton. They've, they've been retired for a long time, and they just, they're, they're thinking their hobbies travel. So they went overseas for a, a while, like a few months. And so they, and they live in the same neighborhood as me. Like they live sort of, well, it's the same city, um, same zip code, same R10 mail route. And, um, and so they admit their mail was held. And so I'm sitting in my living room one day and I realize, dude, I bet you my postman, because I just moved back like eight months ago. We had a kid, my family moves back home, you know? So I'm like, this postman probably saw Burleson, my last yeah. name, and threw that son of a gun into my parents. Cause I've had this happen with other cards. Now, um, so I called like the, you know, this, this pit bull, you know, law enforcement, USPS guy, whatever the heck he is, tell him that. And he's like, Hey, I got a trial going on. I can't get out and check the bin in the hometown that I live in until Thursday. This is like on a Monday. I'm pretty sure. Maybe yeah. even a Sunday. It was Monday. Uh, okay. Monday. Yep. 
So, um, you know, we have to kind of wait. I'm feeling pretty bad because my, my, my post guy, like, we kind of thought he may have stolen it, but I was like, no, dude, this guy's not like that. Yeah. Plus, the evidence, like, had this guy had stolen it the way that these timestamps work, these little things they these use to do sign-outs are, like, GPS located. Like, it would have been, like, a really dumb crime. Right. And, and so it was everything pointed towards, like, a simple accident or simple mistake. So I guess it was Thursday. I'm in Dallas in some meetings, and, you know, I get a text. Hey, we found it. It's in your parents' bed. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I think you might want to, like, you know, show some stuff off here on the, old, uh, so then, on the old podcast. So you text me, like, you know, now it's time to send it to you. And I was like, dude, overnight that shit. Add insurance, you know, whatever we got to do. Yeah. Get that to yeah. me. On, get it to me on That was yesterday. That was Friday. That was yesterday. Yeah. So today, I'm sitting at home waiting all day, of course. And UPS said guaranteed by one thirty my time. We yeah. got here at like one twenty. So we're like, John, let's let's open this thing live, right? I'll just stare at it all day and not touch it. So we're gonna open this bitch right now. Love it. Trying to like keep it in the camera, but also like enjoy it for myself because this is truly live. Don't mind the uh, yeah. That's my that's my a reused package. <laughs> These things are great. This is fun. Yep. So I'm going to do like the natural reaction, you know, like I need my moment and then I'll, we'll, we'll come back to, you know, podcasting. Right. Oh shit. <laughs> Dude. That blue on blue, man. So Hard much. You can just tell right away compared to the fake. It's like so much better. <clears throat> it's. I wonder if people know that story. You probably, I haven't listened to the Roger Maris one yet, but. Um. Yeah, I told that one on the Roger Maris. So <clears throat> that's what makes this story so much more interesting is I already had like this. I already had like this How crazy. Nice it's nice, dude. But I told you the skin tone is like the big thing. Yeah. The big difference, which is kind of weird, but. And then the, the cereal. Pixelated. Yeah. Um, wild. So, so I had the, I had bought another Rubies on eBay like six months ago and it turned out to be fake sorry people are just like show the damn card you idiot oh yeah the oh, sleeve is nice that. dude you're right it's very tight do you have those i don't have well i don't collect i don't have bgs ones but so mine i have this you know the equivalent of the psa case the okay. sleeves, yeah. yeah yeah those my perfect sleeves another port. Yep. those are great those are great so i bought a penny hardaway and then <clears throat> the ruby this card and rubies um and i didn't find out it was fake until like two months later from Roger Maris <clears throat> from the fake thread he had. And, uh, it was just like, you know, super devastating. And I've been trying to get yep. another one forever. And then this one popped on eBay and then we went through this whole thing and it was like, not again. Right. Like here we go. So it ended up being, it was so dramatic, dude. It was rough, but it was dude. The, the outcome is as good as it gets. Yeah. No, dude, this thing is clean, man. The, the edges yeah. are really nice. Corners are an eight. I'm trying to find why I guess the, the back corners are like a little soft, but it's pretty send clean. It to, send it to Josh Cade for a little wipe down. He'll uh, he'll get you, he'll get you a nine point five on that wipe down of the corners. Okay, so the other part of the story, I'll take over on this part. Yeah, um, I had bought another card just randomly, had nothing to do with any of this, and the day that it delivered happened to also be today, and that is that's why I'm wearing red today, the Penny PMG Red. So I, I already got it all sleeved up, ready to send off to get graded. This thing is clean, man. Mm. This is, I feel like this one's going to be an eight. It's super nice. Love oh, it. Oh, man. 
Pretty Thursday. Good. This one came twenty minutes before before the rubies. It was like the USPS showed up with the ruby, and then the UPS guy showed up, and I was just like, ah, oh, I can't handle this, dude. Like, <laughs> just, at least it's Saturday. You're not trying to get work done. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine? I would have just like left work and went home, and I'm sick, guys. Sorry. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, it's hard doing uh, live openings, but just because you're trying to like. Yeah, we went we went back and forth on this. Like, how do we want to handle the uh, the reveal? <laughs> I think it was a good choice to do it live, man. This is uh, yeah. pretty cool. Ooh. Which which one which one do you like more? Oh man, God. everybody I mean, always the, people the Reds always. always yeah. go, go ahead. The Reds always the one that gets the acclaim, but I mean, I, the, I I'm like a I'm like a barracuda. I'm attracted to the shiny objects, so. Yeah, the, the like amoeba pattern, you know, is, is so unique that, I don't know, people always ask me to rank my pennies and it's so hard, I'm just like, I don't know, I like them all. I, like, I mean, the rubies and the PMGs for me, like, they they kind of all... I agree. I don't know. Like, if I had the PMG green, I would... The green, maybe, I could probably tier above, but that's mostly just because of how, you know, the meaning of it. But looks-wise, they're all so sim- they're all so similar for me in terms of value. I'm a rubies guy. I, I, ECs are probably my favorite, but rubies in terms of what, what you're holding. Like the 98 all the shininess, rubies. dude. I mean, I like all the, the colors. Yeah. Dude, this is nuts. Like, these are probably, these are probably like my two most prestigious pennies just sitting right here on the same day. It's crazy. <laughs> so now I got to go bigger, right? Like, isn't that what you do? Like, you get them and it's like, all right, what's next? I mean, you, you might have a lull and you'll have to fill it with a bunch of like, stuff that you you may not think you want but you'll end up loving too i mean that's how it works man yeah buy some like cheaper stuff you know, for a little while yeah um, Never know. do you have any other cards you want to show off your turn yeah i mean uh i mean we i knew you were bringing out the uh the ruby so i was like well let me bring my twin tower rubies, yes. you know there you There's, go uh, you know i'll probably end up flipping both of these to psa since they seem to be pretty proactive with you know making sure that um, we're putting real cards in slabs and we're not letting fakes get in slabs. Yeah. So I'm a, I'm a big, uh, big fan of PSA for how proactive they've been. Especially with that um, set, dude. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Uh, the other ones I want to show are, uh, are some stuff that I got from, um, another guy that I really enjoyed hanging out with. We had, a uh, Justin and I, Neaton and this guy had a, a booth together at, the national not I wasn't able to make last year I was stuck in DC in meetings but uh this guy Herb hooked me up with these o- only one I've ever seen that's a grand finale Duncan rookie um never seen another one and Herb was nice enough to, to sell me that and then again a card I've never seen except for this one the uh the cutting edge warp tech and then that pairs up so nicely with the uh you know the sky's the limit so the and, cutting edge uh, one is not numbered no, it is. It's it, this one's eight. It's probably hard to see, but it, that's eight of twenty-five. Okay. But it's numbered on the back. The cutting the cutting edges are on the back, and obviously these are on the front. Yeah. Uh, yeah. These are just you know, it's just look, dude. The, these '90s cards. It's something I definitely wanted to talk about. I'm glad it popped up in my mind. Look, back in these days, I've talked a lot, a lot of all you guys about this. The the people that made these, Grant talked a lot about these folks that he actually got his bar sign made from. But back in the in the early days, this was a labor of love. Like, this is right when you had personal computers that had the horsepower that could allow you to do like some really cool computer graphic stuff. They would rent these machines out. 
pay a pretty hefty amount of money. So like, you know, they weren't necessarily as focused on the economics that you would have of today with like Panini trying to replicate these brands and keep costs really tight on the, uh, the designs. These guys, man, they were trying to build some really cool shit. They were trying to see what they could build, stretching the limits of the imagination. And so that's why I love, I think that's one of the main reasons why I love the nineties stuff is number one, it's numbered. So it's a needle in a haystack around about, you know, with mixed in with a bunch of crap. And then you've got these just stupid designs that, um, are basically just people being extremely imaginative. And then the designers are given the liberties to do that because everybody at that point was like, wow, this computer thing is so cool. Let's see what we can do with it versus, right. hey, you can only spend, you know, this amount of money and, you know, whatever else behind it. And everyone's, freaked, you know, freaked out about losing their job. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, these crazy warp techs and, you know, the the wild, like, PMG championships. I got an, an actual real copy, even though Beckett's graded, uh, you know, four fakes of this they're just amazing you know grant grant's probably got the best collection this was actually his copy and this ended up working its way through and i made a trade with our boy eric here to make this one land in the collection but it's been uh been nothing but fun man meeting all these people and you know having talking all day long with all these different folks and then right. from time to time landing your dream cards today you today you got two of them Whew. Yeah, you definitely you t you touched on something I guess I haven't really thought of, but there was like a there's literally a three year window where they just like went all out and maximized yeah. every possible amazing design they could come up with, and then two thousand hit, and they sort of I don't know I don't want to say ran out of ideas, but they just you know, like it's sort of flatline, and they maybe tried to recreate stuff and they tried to catch it, but they just couldn't recreate that three year window, and then ever since then it's like patches and autos. Yeah, so there's yeah, like I mean just three years. Exquisite, like nail, like Exquisite's got some great stuff, and it's a different style, but you sure. know they they absolutely nailed it. But I, I just think, man, it's so, the bosses came in and they were like, hey, you know, priorities and strategies changed, and we sure. had this nice little, you know, awesome period. And thank God that they built the cool stuff, and they combined that with like saying we're going to build the best stuff, and we're only going to make like a couple of copies of it. Yep, because because now like you know that's that that is what is like you know the uh, the sex panther cologne that makes us all go and chase it just yeah the rarity for sure that's the biggest yeah. part and the, and the fact that it's like in a sea of mass amounts of common cards right yeah 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 the odds are dumb on these things it's uh it's kind of hard to fathom when you think about the new stuff relative to the old stuff and like you said we just we don't even see them you know it's like there's 50 copies and in three or four years we've seen one or two of them it's nuts yeah, can you imagine the modern breakers going through old cardboard and having like all these people buying teams and you know I guess they'd only pay like two bucks, but they would have to buy like they'd be going through like cases and cases <laughs> to find one decent card. You know what I mean? Like, and it's some common rubies guy, right? It's like a common yeah. player. Yep, yep, exactly, man. Like all the guys that um, are buying up '90s wax and busting, like nobody's hit really anything gigantic. Like they'll hit reds and like cool cards, but they're usually not big players. It's just crazy hard to find. Dude, Grant actually, uh, he, he hit a super rave David Robinson Oh wow! a couple of years ago, about a year and a half ago. And so I actually have it. He sold it to me. Um, and then I also got a guy that, uh, I can't remember what his name is on Instagram, but he, he pulled a, uh, David Robinson, 24 karat brilliant. Wow. And, uh, I, I got both of those actually, those guys are nice enough to sell them to me, but that I, I'm sure there's others that are big hits. Obviously I remember those because, you know, they're a, one of my favorite players but and yeah you got him 
Yep. Yeah, man. All right, man. This was great. This was a longer video, but that's okay. We had the live opening. We kind of made it a more interesting video. We added some fun stuff to it. So this was awesome. I'm going to yeah, go, awesome. I'm going to go enjoy the rubies. So I'll talk to you later. Adios. See ya. Take care. Bye.